0: Welcome back to the Conclusion of the Matter podcast. As always, I'm joined by Wren Ferguson and Ryan Weaver, and I'm Robbie Santiago. Solomon writes in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 13 and 14, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Uh, So, if you guys do have any questions about this podcast or topics or any ideas of questions that you have for us, you can always email us at the conclusion of the matter at yahoo.com. You can always ask us in person if you see us, uh, shoot us messages on social media. Um, but uh, for today, we'll go ahead and turn it over to Ren and he's going to introduce today's topic for us.
1: Yeah, thanks, uh, Robbie. Uh, again it's good, glad everybody is here tuning in to this. We're going to be looking at an issue that I think is has, is very common for all of humanity in any, dis, any age, time period, whatever you want to look at it. But I would say it's especially very pertinent within our society and the world that we live in, especially those of us that uh, live in the United States, an issue that uh, we have to deal with to a very great uh, degree, and that is the, the issue of contentment. I recently read a statistic that said only 14% of Americans say that they are very happy.
2: Wow, that's now, it. Now, yeah,
1: Four. 14%. <laughs> okay. Now, I didn't actually do the math. I didn't think about doing the math until just now, but 14% of 300, roughly something million people, that's not, not a lot. That's a not lot. very many people, no. And it's, it's I would say, in a, and from what I've read in those articles, it's becoming less and less as, as time goes on.
2: Yeah, uh, what'd you say? It was four, so fifteen percent would be what uh, forty-five million out of yeah. three hundred. I'll mean, take your word for it. I've no, <laughs> well, t- I was just doing ten percent would be yeah. thirty million, and that's yeah, if, true, you, if you that that's a lot of people, but not when you put it up against three three hundred million.
1: Yeah. yeah, and so it's it's definitely an issue that we face today, and especially again, like in our culture, our society, our nation, where we have the best of everything available, the best of everything constantly being advertised to us. It's always this idea of wanting more, getting more, things of that nature. Uh, You hear more and more about people. Now, I don't want to offend anybody, but (laughs) you hear more and more about people who have all of these side hustles. And I'm not saying that that's inherently wrong, but I think for some, at least, at the heart of it, it's because of the lack of contentment, yeah. and they're just mm-hmm. wanting more, and they're never satisfied with what they actually have, and so that's what we're going to be looking at in this this episode, and I guess for me, the the main text that I, I guess, based all my notes off of was First Timothy chapter 6, um, because this chapter, we often look at verses 6 through 10, but he... He deals with it even before that and after uh, that set of verses. And so, just to, to get into some of what he is talking about here, we're going to start reading in verse 3, actually. We're going to read verses 3 through 5. He says, If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions, and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. Now, in the context, clearly what he's talking about here are false teachers, and especially what he highlights at the end of verse 5 there. Those people who teach falsely, they perceive godliness as a means of gain Mm -hmm. and I think we can look at this in a couple of of lights first of all specifically what he's talking about here people who teach false doctrine specifically for the purpose of exploiting their audience I know every single one of us can think of a handful of people that we know of, very famous people who do that very thing Mm -hmm. oh you want to go to heaven Well, send us us your money yeah and uh, so that's certainly certainly an aspect of it. It, it. And that's also what Paul addresses at the end of his book to the Romans in Romans chapter 16 verses 17 and 18. He states that they uh, don't really serve God, but they serve their own appetites, their own desires. And so again, he's stating godliness as a means of gain. And I know I've Used this example before, I thought I had used it more often than I actually did until Ryan said something, but I think a lot of times that's a prominent uh, attitude, even amongst some Christians. Though they're not teaching false doctrine, they view almost their Christianity as a means to an end of things that Mm -hmm. they desire here on this earth. And that example that I used of treating God like a vending machine—we come here, we go to worship, we press the buttons, and then we expect Him to give us whatever we want. And uh, I believe James talks about that. The vending machine.
2: No, well, <laughs> I know I'm just I'm praying, just and and yeah. He says you
1: don't receive it because, because you, you ask and miss. Yeah,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. For you had the r- the wrong motive. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um. I had, and I think you're going to get ready to jump into verse six. I'm assuming. Yeah, here. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I, no, I was just. I had that that down. Um, he, he he he. Then continues. Now there is great gain in godliness with contentment. Right. A- and what does contentment even mean before we even go any further?
1: I would define it as being satisfied. Okay, satisfied—a mm-hmm. state
2: of being yeah. satisfied. Um, I found an interesting definition. And while at first reading it, I was like, really? And then I'm like, yeah, I could see that. And it is accepting adequate despite wanting more or better. Because I think you can be content with your situation but still strive to improve or look for better. And we'll probably get into that. But so contentment means I'm satisfied where I'm at right Right. now.
0: So, um, And I think there's some consistency there, too. There's a difference between like you know, being temporarily happy versus being content, you know, being content, uh, there's going to be bad things that happen in life. Some of you guys know that I was in a car accident earlier this week. Uh, you know, I could have let that really ruin the rest of my week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, if you're somebody who's content, then it's not going to matter if things are going well or if things are going poorly, you're still going to have, um, have that inner sense of peace and and perseverance and just be in the right frame of mind. So, I think, Ren, you touched on this earlier that our society is so based on instant gratification and our world is so, so fast paced that when like things aren't or our our wants or our needs in some situations aren't immediately met, it causes people to be discouraged. And the same thing happens even more so when bad things happen, Uh, people don't, have the patience or or the endurance to to persevere through those things and so it allows them to not have the contentment that they could have and some of it's based on society but at the end of the day it's also you know how we internalize things at times too so
2: yeah right I, I you mentioned people getting discouraged I think people get upset and mad if they don't get yeah, what they're right. expecting yeah. I mean I think there's other side, you know, different sides there. But, mm-hmm. I mean, he continues here in verse 7. The reason why we should be content is because yes. basically none of this is right. ours anyway. Right. We didn't bring it with us. Yeah. You know, God has blessed it, blessed us with everything that we have. And, and guess what? We're not taking it with us in the end. There's one thing we're mm-hmm. taking with us, and that's mm-hmm. our soul. And, well, that is what's leaving, I guess, our soul. We're not taking it. That is what's going, All our right. soul. And that's what we need to be concerned about. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, I, yeah. I I was just gonna say there. He he then mentions food, clothing, and um, it, but we have food and clothing, and with these we should be content. Which reminded me of of Jesus and the Sermon on the mm-hmm. Mount, um, Matthew chapter uh, six, I believe, starting in verse twenty five, yeah. all the way through thirty three, mm-hmm. is where he's talking about how the Gentiles worry about this and they, what am I gonna wear? Right. What am I gonna eat? Um, and hit, at the end of the matter, verse thirty-two, um, <clears throat> he said that I have it here real quick. Um, For the Gentiles seek after these things, talking about anxious about clothing, food, whatever. Um, seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Speaking about those necessities, you know, being content with the the, the necessity if. if if God, you know, blesses me with the necessities of life, will I be would I be content with that? I would hope so. Right. You know, I don't I'm hoping that I'm not one that's that that is not content with that. Yeah.
1: And I was actually going to go to this passage a minute ago, even going back to verse 6 of 1 Timothy 6. He says that godliness with contentment is great gain. And I had the had the point where in my mind godliness, if exercised correctly, actually leads Leads to to Mm -hmm. contentment. And I thought about this verse because if we are seeking first the kingdom of God, then we'll be able to put our trust in that promise that he is making to us in this passage, knowing that he will, as you were pointing out, he will provide all of those things that we need. And if we're able to put that trust in God, I think it leads to just naturally almost being content with what we have because we know it's been mm-hmm. given to us by God yeah and putting that trust <laughs> and that faith in him because I think that's also also maybe one of the root causes of discontentment is we often feel so self-supporting and it's like if I'm gonna provide for myself I got to do this I got to do that and of course we have to work you know uh, is that second Thessalonians 310 or first Thessalonians 310? You don't work. You don't yeah, eat. Yeah, yeah, and that's important to me. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, but and so sometimes we feel so self-efficient that we don't put our trust in God, mm-hmm. and that I think in turn leads us to not realize that everything that we have has been given by Him. Agreed. And so I think godliness, if again exercised correctly, naturally leads to that contentment because we can put our
0: faith in Him. I think that you hit the nail on the head there too. And uh, we've been studying the life of Christ recently, and and recently we've been looking at the the story where Peter's walking on the water, and it's when he begins to you know worry about all of these other things that are going What's on around at Jesus, him. right? right. He looks, yeah. When
2: it looks at the the waves, he doesn't yeah, focus realm. on what he should be focused on exactly.
0: Exactly. So to y'all's point, when we're focused on Jesus and focused on you know living that godly life then we're not going to let all these other distractions cause us to sink like Peter did. So mm-hmm. it's when, it's when we kind of take our eyes off of those things that we let all these other things about, you know, what are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? You know, and it's interesting. A lot of these verses that, that we'll, I'm sure be looking at and have already looked at in context, notice how it'll tie in like materialism or some kind of like financial mm-hmm. side of things yeah. too. It's when we worry about those worldly things that we lose our focus
1: Right. And going back to 1 Timothy 6, as Ryan's already mentioned there in verse 7, the reason why we need to be content with what we have is because we can't take it with us. It Mm -hmm. reminds me of what Job said, Job 1 and verse 21, where he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We all know that whatever physical possessions we have here, we're not going to be able to take with us. And we hear all these stories about people being buried in their cars. And we hear about one example that I always think about is uh, old Frank Sinatra. He was buried, if I remember correctly, he was buried with a pack of cigarettes, a lighter, a bottle of Jack Daniels, and a roll of dimes. And he said that he wanted that just in case he needed to make a call.
2: Well, inflation's going to get him. By yeah, now, really. But but, <laughs> but also
1: it's it's also to me when people do that, it
2: shows what they loved most in this world, and yeah, even mm-hmm. in death, they wanted to <clears throat> cling to it. Yeah. And you hit on that key word: their love. Um, and it, it, Solomon says in Ecclesiastes chapter five, verse ten, "He who loves money will not be satisfied with mm-hmm. money, nor he who loves wealth with his income." This is also vanity. The point there is, if you love it, it's never going to satisfy you, and you're going to—I mean, his point there was, if you love your wealth, you're not going to be satisfied with your income. You're going to try to gain more and gain more. And again, I'm not saying it's wrong to try to better yourself, get an education, get a promotion, but it's what are you putting in front of— of that, or where are you putting that priority over your priority as being a Christian? Yeah. That's where your focus is. Right. Mm -hmm. And
1: honestly, I had never really thought about this until you were mentioning that in Ecclesiastes five, when you think about what Solomon is saying there, he's describing addict behavior. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because what we have is never enough. You talk to any alcoholic drug addict, what they have is never enough. They always need more. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's and it really is for a lot of people. It becomes
2: an addiction. You're not almost. satisfied, yeah. and we go back to the original definition: is being having that attitude of of being satisfied. Right. Um. <clears throat> you know, you went to to First Timothy chapter six. I contentment. I always go to Philippians, Philippians 4. chapter four yeah. <laughs> because Paul. You know, writing in prison. Um, I'm going to pick up in verse 10. He said, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger and abundance and need. Um, before we go to verse 13 but here he's saying he's learned it it's something he has yeah. he has striven for something that he has put work into to learn how to do it right mm-hmm. and that's why i think that it's not automatic i don't no. think i think it's it's something that we have to work at um and you think about paul he was a pharisee probably mm-hmm. i don't know his net worth but i mean the pharisees he were he was probably pretty well pretty, off yeah um, pharisees were were you know in the wealth, they were in the power. So he says he's been in both and now he's mm-hmm. in prison. And it's not like our prison. It's not like where yeah. you got three squares and a I don't know the saying, but um there's three squares and something. Three square meals and oh. uh, at at at, at yeah. prison. But yeah. I I've never been so I don't <laughs> know I don't know. Me uh, either. <clears throat> but this is a different situation than what we would consider, mm-hmm. you know, and he's he's content. He's satisfied. And this is where I go back to that definition of he's He's, um, he's okay with his current situation. He accepts it as adequate, but he would want to get out, right? Because right. he even tells the Philippians he hopes to come see them. He's hoping that he can improve his situation, but if this is where he's at, Paul's content with it. Right.
1: And, I mean, you think about even while he was there, you mentioned the fact that he was in prison. He wrote three, three of his books, or is it four, while he was here in prison this time? Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, I know, and I think is Philemon the one where it's like he may have written that oh, here, I don't may have not, I, I can't either. remember. Uh, but yeah, if he can say that he's learned to be content in that situation, and that was the, that was the thing that I thought about in this passage too, it is a learning process, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it doesn't necessarily come naturally to Agreed. us. I
2: think it's almost, I don't want to say counter-natural, because right. we are... We
0: have desires in us, mm-hmm. right? We have the wants. Um, it's definitely not natural to be, you know, in prison where, you know, right. in that you don't know where your next meal's coming from. Like, all these different things that he's going through, it's definitely not natural to be content in that well, situation. Also,
1: uh, I mean, earlier in this book, in chapter 2, in verse 14, he says, do all things without grumbling uh, and disputing. Yeah, I don't uh-huh. think that's very natural either. Agreed,
2: no. yeah. I think, uh, continuing on here, he then tells us how he's he was able to accomplish it. right. Through Christ, who strengthens me, yep. and I go, and I, I think back to where He prayed for the thorn to be removed from His side, and the answer was no, and Paul was what content yeah. with that answer mm-hmm. and said,
1: said, "Your grace is sufficient." Yeah, and yeah. when
2: I am weak, then I'm strong. Then I'm strong. Yeah, so.
0: Yeah, those are good points. And it even reminded me of in Matthew chapter 5 when he says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. You know, if we're striving after that, we're going to be satisfied. But if we put all of our faith and all of our attention in all these other mm-hmm. things, then like we were talking about a few minutes ago, we're never going to be satisfied. We're always going to want more. We're always going to want better. We're going to want inst- want that instant gratification. So Right. And then...
1: Uh... Do y'all have anything else on that? Mm-mm. Okay. I'll move on, or we'll move on then to First Timothy 6 and verse 10, because, well, actually verses 9 and 10, um, because he says, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It, it is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. And so here he is highlighting, he talks about how we need to be content first of all, but then he describes the dangers of not not being content content. and how we can fall into temptations. And the beginning of verse 10 is, I think, really important because people Mm -hmm. always say that money Money, is the root of all evil, and that's not what he says. He says the love of money is the root of all evil. And I always think about, especially, I mean, there's so many biblical men and women who were wealthy. like And who made them wealthy? Insanely wealthy. Mm-hmm. God. God did, right. Like I think about Abraham. He was incredibly wealthy. Whenever Lot was captured, he was able to send 300 servants mm-hmm. to go rescue him. Well, what about Job? Yeah, Job. He had how many thousands of yeah. animals? animals? I don't remember. And he, he had
2: servants too. and He had multiple yeah. houses.
1: And in fact, I think it says that, or maybe that's at the end of the book of Job, where God restored all of his wealth. Maybe it was even before. It said that he was greater than any man oh, of the east, mm-hmm. I believe. So he was the wealthiest man in that entire
0: region. Even I think of Solomon and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. after after it all, he said that, you know, all these other things in life are vanity, you know, vanity. Well, and he's vanity. the
2: one that said money's never going to satisfy you. And if right. anybody would know that, it would be him. I think that you look at you know, Jesus' warning in Luke chapter 12, verse 15, <clears throat> and he said to them, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness or greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Mm-hmm. And you see these bumper stickers, um, the the one with the most toys wins right have you guys ever I don't seen think that so. like like you know um, the most toys as in uh, four wheelers and all kinds of oh, all the stuff adult yeah. toys yeah he he who dies with the most toys wins mm-hmm. I've seen that in a window maybe a bumper sticker I don't know but Jesus says that's not <laughs> right that's not the case he and he says be on your guard so it goes back to that whole thing of it's like something you've got to right you got to be cognizant of because yeah. you can very easily fall into that snare yep. that he referred to yep. there in um, verse 9 of chapter mm-hmm. 6 you said those who desire to be rich fall into temptation he didn't say right. the rich here no he said they desire. they desire. desire so it's that right. gotta
1: have it right and going back to that passage you just mentioned in Luke 12 his whole point is is there's so much more to life than what we own mm-hmm. and what we possess going back to our basis or title for this whole podcast. Our whole purpose in life is to serve God.
0: Mm-hmm. And if
1: we're fulfilling that purpose, then we will be content with whatever we have. And And I think of, I don't know if anybody else listening to this or what have you has been able to do any mission work, especially going to third world countries. And you see what little so many people in other parts of this world have, but yet I would say they are far more content. Happier. I've ad- heard that yeah, from have, several people that have gone. Far yeah. more happier. There's Far there's, more generous, too. Right. Exactly. There's There was a guy in Lombasa, Fiji, on the trip that my wife and I took. He and his family, he did do a government job, but there was a need in a congregation in one of these places for somebody to step in and do some work because the congregation was really suffering. And so he moved his family over to this place to begin working, and they said that for six months, for at some point after they had moved, for six months, all they had to eat was this thing called taro, which is basically a root that's like a potato consistency. And he said breakfast, lunch, and dinner, that was all that they had to eat. But you know what? Whenever we would go to their house while we were on that trip, they would offer us whatever they would mm-hmm. give us tea every morning whatever it is that we wanted and i think a part of that mm-hmm. is because they were fulfilling their ultimate purpose of serving god and nothing mm-hmm. else really
2: but weighed on you, them that you much you said something there that that i think thankfulness is important to get to that state right and growing, up, growing up, yeah, to be content. You're never going to be content if you're not thankful for what you what? have. And growing up, I yes. remember my mom, when I would complain about what was for supper, be ye thankful. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, good point, and, but... You know, if you're not thinking—and I was thinking about those people—they were probably thankful yeah. for that, what yeah. they had. Even though they would have maybe wanted to improve it, Right, they were okay with what they had at that right. point in time, and, and they were grateful.
1: Yeah, and that's essentially what I think Paul is saying in First Timothy 6, with food and clothing, whether, let us be content. Be thankful for what you have. Right,
0: yeah. yeah. And that's I think it's point. what we were talking about a few minutes ago, too, realizing that all of these things aren't things that we've, like, you know— earn from our own accomplishments, that all of this stuff is from God. And if mm-hmm. you forget that, that's when you lose your contentment, when you lose your possessions, lose, you know, money, you aren't as generous, and it's because you think that it's mine, it's mine, it's mine, instead of the being, you know, humble about it and realizing that this is something that God's blessed me with or given to me, and being generous with we're what we have. stewards of it. Yeah. I yeah. mean,
2: we're like those the the parable of the talents, right? Mm-hmm. We're being we've been given certain things, and we're supposed to use them the way the master would want right. us to use them. Um, so, agreed. which
1: which that leads, I think, perfectly into the last thing Paul talks about in First Timothy six, not the last thing he talks about in the entire book, but what has to deal with this. Dropping down to verse seventeen. He states, as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides with us everything to enjoy. So first mm-hmm. of all, he's saying those that are rich, see, again, being wealthy is not a not sin. Not problem, right. But those that are rich, don't put your trust in it, put your trust in God. And then in verse 18, they are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So again, like you were pointing out, our wealth
2: is to be used to help others. And, and I remember a class in an auditorium one time we were studying this passage and the question was as for the rich well in this country
1: we're all we're rich. all rich compared
2: yep. to like what you were referring to. So mm-hmm. this isn't necessarily just for you know the the, the billion yeah. trillionaires or whatever Elon and and um,
0: Bezos John's make now or what they're right. worth. Yeah.
2: Um, this is for us, and it goes back to what we talked about in First uh, John chapter five. If you have the world's goods and you see your brothers in, mm-hmm. and brother in need and you don't provide for them, the love of God cannot live in right. you. Right. Right. And that's really one of our main
1: missions as being Christians or being members of the church is to help people. Galatians 6 and verse 10, as we have opportunity, let us therefore do good unto all men, especially those that are of the household of faith.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That is one of the three key areas of work for the church. And for those of us that are rich, and to your point, those of us that live in the United States or other first world countries, we are even I've often heard it said, even the poorest among us are far wealthier than many in the First world and that's world. so I mean that's true. Mm-hmm. It sounds kind of like a cliche, but it's you know, cliches are cliches for a reason because more than off more There's often than not they're them. true. Right, yeah. True. And so you're exactly right. If we have more than what we really need, if we have an abundance, then we're wealthy and we can share that with somebody else. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of something Paul was kind of hinting at for, you know, a different reason. But he's like, look, I'm content, you know, as long as my needs are met, somewhat met, and you know, I've learned to be content with that. And ultimately, we need to have a mindset like he did that, you know, as long as as long as God is with him and that, that he's, that's his focus, mm-hmm. then the rest of these things are going to come into place. And even the writer of Hebrews, I had this one down in chapter 13 uh, says, to be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So as long as you got God, right. there's a whole lot of things that you don't need to be worrying about.
2: Yep, I agreed.
0: And that's where I was going next, Robbie. So um,
2: as soon as you said Paul saying God was with him, I'm like, this is going to lead in, and Robbie <laughs> went ahead. But that's, I mean, he said, but he also at the beginning of that verse, keep, he, he also ties back yeah. to that love of money. Uh huh. So it's not the... It's not the mo- the money that's the problem. It's mm-hmm. that that love of the, the desire. I gotta right. have it anyway to get it. And back to the what was the 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 point of that verse is I will never leave you nor forsake you. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that ties back to him and giving us the the necessities if we seek his kingdom and his righteousness. Right. So, yeah. Um, I found it. <clears throat> um, speaking of uh, Paul saying he learned it, I think. And I don't know. Are you going to continue on in? Go ahead. Go ahead. To verse eleven, Are you going to are you go? You're talking there? about it in Philippians. In, no, in first Timothy. Timothy chapter six. Oh yeah, we can. So go ahead. <clears throat> this is where I, I think that we want to know how do we learn it. Well, first of all, in in Philippians, he said, "I can do all things through Christ who strengthens mm-hmm. me." And then where Robbie was at there, if Christ has promised us, "I will never leave you nor forsake you," we we don't need to worry about that stuff. But At the end, in verse 11, Mm -hmm. after he tells us this warning of, you know, being content with what we have and all that stuff, Mm -hmm. he says, but as for you, O man of God, who's the man of God? The The Christians, Christians, right? Well, 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 Timothy, but Timothy. Right, it applies to all Christians. Agreed. He said, flee these things. And he says, but pursue what? Righteousness. Righteousness, Um, Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Going back to the very similar fruits of the spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And He's giving him the the what you need to focus on, right? You know, like in Colossians chapter three, verses one and two: seek the things that are above, right? Not the things that are below. Um, Jesus said that you know you need to lay up treasures where? In heaven. In heaven, yeah. because number one, right. you can't take it with you, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter. And he, as he said there in Luke, it's not it's not how much you a mass here. Right. And I believe is that around the um, the the guy that wanted to build bigger barns or is that a different? It could be. I don't remember off the I don't top either, of my head but if... the concept is there where he's like I'm going to build bigger barns and, and 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 you know do this and do that. Well, there's again nothing wrong with planning, nothing wrong with trying to be better, but what was his attitude? It was I did this. Look what I'm accomplishing. Look what I'm going to do versus God has blessed me, and
0: gotta remember where all that stuff exactly. comes from,
2: right?
1: Yeah, I think it was in the context of the parable of the rich okay. fool. Uh, but yeah, those are all those are all great points. Uh, y'all have anything else? Nope. No, not really. Okay.
0: Were you about to say something? No, I was just gonna kind of tie all these things together. It's just one of those things where. Sometimes it can be really difficult, again, in the society that we live in when things are so instant, so immediate, uh, that we want things to be done our way, and Mm. it's one of those things where if it's not done our way, that's when we become discontent, but we've got to remember, you know, who's going to be with us and where all of the things that we already have come from. It's not from us, and it's not something that we've, you know, earned. It's something that God has, you know, allowed us Mm. to have, and He doesn't have to.
1: Right. Right.
0: It's, it's a difficult lesson
1: for us to learn, but we should all, just like Paul, we should all try to learn to be more content with the things that we already have, because living in this country, we have far more than we ever, ever will really need. And so let us strive to, to be content with what we have.
0: And I think it's important that contentment is a long-term thing. It's not just like uh, it. I'm content this day, but then the next day I'm not. It's something that no matter what the circumstance right. is that I'm going to be content because, because I don't have these things right. to worry about. Correct? I think right that's all
2: part of that learning curve, mm-hmm. you yep. know, that's and I think it comes with the wisdom, the wisdom we obtain through study. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Yep. All right. Y'all got anything else? I think that's it. All right. Well, thank you all again for tuning in. I hope this has been uh, beneficial, encouraging, uplifting uh, if you all ever have any questions, uh, again, as Robbie mentioned at the beginning of this, uh, don't hesitate to email us, reach out to us, call us, text us, whatever. Uh, if you have any questions or any topic suggestions, feel free to make those known to us. We're always looking for different ideas for us to, to discuss here. So anything that you all are interested in studying, we would be happy to do that. Uh, but I guess for now you could say that that is the conclusion, conclusion of, of the, the matter.
2: matter.